What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast powered by Onyx Hunt Maps. Today, it is not exactly Tuesday. It's Thursday, but I'm just a little late getting this thing knocked out as I'm getting ready for the sheep hunt in or on Saturday, I guess. I leave Saturday morning. So it's like here, it's time to uh, time to rock. So um, just wanted to, to get a Tipsy Tuesday out before I take off. Um, all right, so latest episodes, I went through the, I called it my 2021 gear list. That was mainly for Alaska. If you want to check that out, some people have been sending me messages um, with recommendations or whatnot for the list that I gave for the sheep hunt. So um, I appreciate those. And uh, then we talked to my buddy Clay Carrington about trail cameras um, and that that's up right now. And then this Saturday, um, we're going to have one release with the Davis tent guys. So that's what you can be looking forward to. And then I'm going to be launching a gear series that is going to roll while I'm gone. So you'll look for that as well. So new Rockside articles up. We have the 10 by 42 Vortex Fury HD review. Um, those are their, their range finding binos. And then the Black Ovis Anchor Point Welded Down Jacket and Pant Review. And then we have the Wall Tent Shop Wilderness Tent Review. If you're looking for a wall tent, go check those out. And uh, just uh, a little update right now. I know it's going on with one of you know Rockslide's sponsors and actually one of my partners. Uh, there's a sale going on at firstlight.com until midnight tonight. And a lot of the stuff there's like 30% off of. So go check that out. It's basically 10 to 30% off the entire site. Um, okay, on to some hot news. So in the Teton National Park, they're going to be culling out some more mountain goats this fall. And the purpose and the reasoning behind that is they're calling um, the mountain goat non-native to that region and they're edging the bighorn sheep out. So they're trying to cull them down and help the bighorn sheep. So that's going to be going on again in 2021. Um, last year they called for volunteers to help with that. This year they're not calling for any more volunteers, but if you helped last year, you can help during the 2021 coal. Um, we say there's about 50 goats left within the park, and last year between 108 volunteers, they were able, able to cull 43. So it's uh, probably going to be a little bit more difficult this year. Um, the call is going to be September 22nd through October 25th. So that's what's going on over there in Wyoming. And this was a, a really interesting um, article that, that Go Hunt put out. The drought impact for the like Western fall hunting. Um, this is a lot of this I'm just going to um, talk. They, they talked to Brian Wakeling, which is the game management bureau chief with Montana Fish and Wildlife, uh, Montana Fish, Wildlife and Parks. And he, I'm basically just going to quote a lot of the things that he said out of this. So one of the things they were talking about in this article was like how it is, he calls it a double-edged sword, how it kind of is. Like you don't want the harsh winters because that's going to kill some animals for you. But you also need the moisture. The moisture is much needed and and everything to to get the, the growth going and to make sure that 
you have good grass and, and plant vegetation growth. So if you don't have that, then it's going to impact the animals negatively, negatively as well. So this is basically what he's saying. I'm just going to start quoting him here. Um, so he says, I think we're seeing that double-edged sword. Um, we did see a relatively mild winter and we're looking forward to that with fawns and calves hitting the ground. But the real cha- uh, the real challenge for that, of course, is we're also dealing with the drought and fires. So while we might have seen some favorable winter survival, we may see some reduced survival in terms of recruitment and getting those young animals into adulthood. And then he goes on to say, any calves or young born this year are probably going to be pretty light going into the fall and adults just won't have the fat, which can affect breeding potential. So you could see this effect to gen- uh, in two generations of animals, which I thought that was very logical and um, pretty interesting. So that is what we have to say about the drought. It seems... Um, to me, like from just talking to people and then I browsed over a couple other articles earlier this week, um, it seems like there it's, you're going to see pockets, you're going to see pockets of like extreme drought where animals are really going to be hurting. And then you're going to see pockets where it's maybe not as bad and they're, they're not going to finish out, um, or they're going to finish out a little bit better than some of the others. And, I think that that would actually be, it's going to be interesting to see because a lot of the times like on an elk um, or on a deer, but it seems like an elk, especially you see it when they're just starting to grow their antlers, they have, you know, it's like in the spring or just getting into early summer. So there is with the snow melt off and stuff, depending on where you are, there's a lot of vegetation and it's you know, luscious and very nutritious. So their bottom end, like their brow tines and whatnot, grow up pretty well. And then you see their back end, like as those elk are finishing out, a lot of those higher country areas are burning off and the grass isn't as nutritious. So in a drought year, there's definitely not going to be as much nutritious um, or nutrition in the grass. So their top ends finish out kind of light like they can have really giant bottom end and you could be like oh that's gonna be 350 bowl or something you know he's looking like he's gonna be that and then their top end they just you know completely peter off and just don't don't finish strong so yeah it'll be interesting to see how this year how this year shapes out um okay on to the hot minute I'm just gonna talk about clothing for the backcountry I'm going to list what I use for layering, and we've talked about this before in other podcasts, but I think it's always good to just kind of keep it keep it on your, on your brain and whatnot. Um, you know, I had a pretty good idea of how I was going to pack for this whole trip. I really didn't have anything I was going to do differently until I started, you know, seeing what other people are doing this year, and I changed some things up. So, um, the first things first, your base layer, of course, it's important to have a base layer a good base layer, stay away from cotton. Absolutely. Um, and then go, I mean, the two options are basically a synthetic and then a, a really lightweight Merino. I personally use first light, uh, clothing products. So I really like their 125 base layer. It's a lightweight Merino wool. It's comfortable, helps with I mean, stink really in, you know, a week or or 10 days worth of hunting, 
like you can wear one shirt the whole time and it's you're not gonna you're not gonna completely gas everybody out um after that's over so that's what i like i personally like the wick hoodie which is like a long sleeve shirt with a hood on it um that's really nice for like flipping up when you're glassing or whatever it protects your neck um when it's hot as heck outside and then um obviously you know a hood for when it's cold is nice so i really like having that the next thing over the top of that that i personally like is some kind of a wind shirt so there's a lot of companies that make some wind shirts they're typically like synthetic they're just a really lightweight like packable layer that is really nice for like if you were hiking along a ridge or something where yeah it's pretty warm but the wind has got a little bite to it and you know it's just it's that weird time where your arms are going to get pretty dang cold if you have a t-shirt on or just a lightweight shirt but at the same time if you have like a your mid-layer fleece on you're going to just sweat to death so I really like a wind shirt so I like the um, Ridgeline from First Light it's just a really lightweight packable layer. Throw that on over the top of um, my base layer. And usually when I get up to where I'm glassing, um, if I have a big hike or whatever, when I get to the top, I usually throw that on. And then that a lot of times will stay on um, a decent course of the day, especially in the, the mornings and the evenings where you might be moving a little bit. So I like that. And then going on to like a grid fleece or something like that. I really like one of those. Um, I just use like a standard, you know, quarter zip pullover with a hood. Some companies make them with a hood, some without personal preference. I really like hoods. Um, I know there's a lot of people that don't like hoods, especially when you have, you know, you get to have like four or five hoods. Um, but something like that is going to be really great for just wind blocking and intermediate insulating layer. They're just really comfortable and can't recommend um, one of those things enough. So I do that. And then, you know, on top of that, it'll be some kind of a puffy jacket, depending on what time of year it is. You know, in the summertime, I might go with a lighter weight, you know, like a, a lighter weight puffy. You just don't need as much insulation as obviously later season. Um, so, you know, for me, that would look like a Brooks down sweater, which is a little puffy jacket, um, that first sight makes. And then going on into the, into the hunting season more though, like pretty much from September on, I'm wearing their Uncompadre puffy, which is a synthetic layer, um, uh, synthetic insulation, sorry, um, as far as like your down in the synthetic insulation goes for your puffy jackets. That isn't synthetic, but it's a pretty good, like, if you could only have one, that's the style that I would go with personally. Um, might be a little bit much for the early season, but once you get into that mid season on into later season, you're really going to like it. And then I would say as this, as it gets colder between your, your uh, intermediate like insulation layer, your fleece to your puffy jacket is where you can start adding other layers. For me, that could look probably a vest of some kind. I'll throw a vest on or 
I also don't mind soft shells, so that could be where a soft shell really comes in, um, especially on those later season hunts where the weather might be kind of inclement, but you might be moving quite a bit, so you want some kind of a layer that can shed the moisture and give you some some heat, or uh, yeah, give you some heat retention, but not completely not like a puffy jacket to where it's hard to move and walk in. Um, so that's really where as a, as a baseline, you know, a lightweight Merino, that wind shirt, and then the fleece and a puffy over the top of that, that's pretty much the basics. And that's like, you know, four or five items. And then between that fleece and the puffy jacket is where I start changing layers up or putting more on for those later season hunts. And then as you get into way later season, you know, like November, December, that's when I'm bumping up my puffy jacket selection a bit. And, you know, if you have some kind of a lightweight rain jacket with you or something, um, you know, you put that rain jacket underneath your, your puffy, if it's not raining, obviously, um, but, uh, rain jacket is a tremendous wind blocker as you can imagine. And so, you know, when a lot of people ask me like, is that fleece wind blocker though? Or is that soft shell like hundred percent? Is that a wind blocker? It's like, no, but you're carrying a rain jacket and that thing is sure as heck a rain or a, a wind blocker. So use that to your advantage, put that thing on and and use it. Don't just, you don't just have to use it for rain. It's, it's a great wind blocker. So, um, and then the, the pants, you know, it kind of depends on your, your bottom. Like I like to wear a longer underwear, like a, you know, like a longer wick, um, merino boxer, some, some, something. I like to wear a little bit longer one. And then my socks, I like to wear over the calf socks. So at that point, really the only thing that's exposed is just your knee. Um, and then as we get into like October or later September, especially if we're supposed to have a snowstorm or something like that, which we usually do at some point in September, then I will put on some kind of a, a base layer. And typically for me, that is like a three quarter length base layer that I can zip off in the middle of the day if I need to. Because typically I just want to, you know, if, especially if you're not moving very much, you want just a little bit extra in those morning hours. Um, but otherwise, you know, me personally, I will just change my pants with the season because um, I'm not a giant fan of base layers. But I am a huge, huge fan of puffy pants. And I think that that's where I can get away with less uh, layers underneath of my pants is because... I know that when I get to a glassing point, I can take my puffy pants out, throw those on, and it's going to be just like a puffy jacket. They're going to be super warm. So, and that's going to help a heck of a lot with being able to sit in one place in glass all the time. Um, and then I would say, you know, gaiters is another really good one to have. They are definitely going to add some warmth to the bottom side of your leg. I remember when I first got started getting into this stuff, I was on a, I was filming a bighorn sheep hunt and I hadn't been wearing, I brought gaiters, but hadn't been wearing them. And we got up on this ridge and it started snowing and whatever. And, um, the guide started putting his gaiter, we were horseback hunting and the guide pulled his gaiters out threw threw them on and, 
And so, you know, just watching what he did, I took mine out, pulled mine on, and I'm like, holy cow, these things are really making a difference on how much wind is getting in, you know, getting through my pants. So gaiters are really important. Um, as far as socks go, I I just like, a, I would say like a mid-weight sock, basically for all seasons. If we get into really later season, um, when I'm bumping my boot insulation up, I might throw a pair of like a, a thicker pair of wool socks on. But a lot of the times that mid-layer um, or that mid-weight sock and then you just change your boots as the season goes, if you can do that, is really effective. Um, so that is pretty much all I, I had to say about that. Hopefully I didn't ramble too much. All right. want to thank our sponsor Onyx Hunt Maps, of course, for powering the podcast. One thing that I really like and that I've been using, I've been talking about my application for Onyx a bunch just in an outfitter space from to share waypoints and things like that. Um, I am uh, one really good thing that you can use, you know, just besides sharing your points and sharing your pins, you can actually share areas and like shapes. So there's in the tools, there's an area shape and I like to do that for hot areas. So if there's like, if I'm trying to talk to somebody who's going to go into a mule deer area, you know, I can send them some pins. It's like, Hey, you know, here's, um, I can draw a line and I can say, all right, here's the road. Here's where you park. Here's where you go up to glass. And then once you're up there glassing, I can throw in some area like shapes and, and shades for like, this is where you need to be looking like this is a hot area. This is a hot area for bedding. This is a hot area. And then I can add some more things like the lines and whatnot to be like, all right, you know, there's a trail here that they like to take from this area to this area type of thing. So, um, yeah, we, um, we thank Onyx a lot. And if you go to their site, onyxmaps.com forward slash hunt and use code rockcast at checkout, you'll get 20% off on us and yeah um workout of the week i like doing these things the big one hike with your pack on i'm just getting ready to go out and um hike a little place around boise here by lucky peak and you gain man i don't even remember now you gain 11 or 1200 feet in a little over a mile so the trail is super steep and I'm going to throw a pack on with probably 40 pounds of stuff in it and I'm going to head up there and just keep my, try to keep my legs in in check for this coming, um, this upcoming hunt. So that's pretty much what I got for you. Upcoming episodes again, we're going to have the Davis tent guys on. I have a gear series that's going to come out while I'm gone. Um, a five, six part gear series and just going to go through like sleeping bags what to look for when you buy one, tents, what to look for when you buy one, things like that. So that's uh, all I got for you guys this week. I will be back hopefully with a sheep hunting story and yeah, we will, um, everybody uh, take care and good luck on these antelope openers that are, that are starting up and we will uh, talk to you in a couple weeks. <laughs>